So today we're going to be reviewing uh, Seth Rogen's and Charlie Theron's 2019 long shot film. And I believe it was you that chose this one, Sasquatch, wasn't it? Yep, I'd seen the trailer. I fancied it. We watched it last night. There was quite a funny bit last night when we watched it, when I said, isn't there some sort of disaster in this film? And you're like, no, 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 he just... No, it's, it's nothing, nothing happens. And then, yeah, there is actually like a rather major scene involving a lot of gunshots and a missile. And you were like... I don't think there was gunshots there. Maybe not in the trailer, but there were gunshots I in the film. I don't remember the gunshots. People died! I remember them dying. Spoilers! People died in this film. There will be spoilers. A lot of spoilers. There will be spoilers, yes. We are going to try and give you... We'll give you a spoiler warning when we will talk about actual spoilers. Be prepared for me at all costs, though. No, but we will just edit you out. Okay. We'll edit you out if you spoil something bad. Excellent. Right? That's a good plan. Yes. So, you chose a film, you fancied it because you saw the trailer. Um, I think you just fancied it because you tend to just like rom-coms. And it is a romance film, ultimately. But I'm not a big Seth Rogen fan. Mm, you're a Charlie Theron fan. Yes, yeah. Yeah, so at least half of the cast, you're like, yes, I like him. That's well, true. half of the main cast, I should say. Because they're essentially the main cast. There's not really anyone yeah, else. Yeah, not our favourite character, man. They're not no. our favourite characters, no. No. Um, shall we give a brief overview? So, the film is about uh, the General Secretary of the United States. She is eventually going to be running for the Presidency of America. In 2020. So... Yes. But, um, Seth Rogen's character is essentially a journalist who break, usually breaks up undercover, not undercover, conspiracy theorist sort of, not even conspiracy theorist stuff. He goes undercover and he's a very outspoken journalist who ruffles feathers. Yeah, big businesses or big corporations don't like him because they get into their, uh, like they basically shows the dirty underwear, basically. Yes. Um, they meet... They happen to meet at some uh, gig, Boys to Men. Do you know Boys to Men? No. I know the name, but literally, like, didn't know them. Like, I, their music I know anyway. them from yesterday. <laughs> you know them from <laughs> yesterday now, yeah. Um, actually, not bad. And actually, the film, the music in this film, by and large, is pretty good. Oh, slightly odd at some choices. Slightly odd at some choices, but I would say overall it was quite good. Um, the anyway, they meet at a party. Uh, where boys to men are playing, yeah. and the only reason they actually start talking to each other is uh, she recognizes him, and it well, turns out well, you've got to admit, the eyes lock across crowded room, and then one runs away. I forgot that happened. I must have been it's looking like away. It's like the romantic moment. moment. It's that you always they lock eyes across a crowded room, and normally they move towards each other. But this guy just went nope and runs for it. I must have been looking the other way. Because when I looked up, they were on the balcony. Talking. Him and his friend. Well, you edited out a large conversation there, then. I think I have. <laughs> it's just my adult brain. Um, so, yeah, they... Uh, uh, they know each other. They, they, they It turns out they know each other from childhood. Yeah. It turns out she used to babysit. And he had a wee crush on her. Yeah. So... 
essentially, without giving too much more away, um, she needs a, a comedy writer to come onto her team of analysts to help boost her uh, voters. Boost her voters, yes. Make her more popular with certain aspects of the voting crowd. And through the happenstance meeting they have and her reading his other work from previous websites and stuff. And the very fortunate thing is he is now unemployed. That's the big point. Oh yeah, he just turns out to be unemployed, yeah. Yes. And because of that, uh, essentially, she hires him to be... uh, Hires them to be on the team, and they, through certain events, uh, eventually fall in love with each other. And that is the basic plot of the film. With lots of in-betweeny, twisty turnies, but yes. Yes, that, I mean, that's the rough outline now. And what general impressions before we go into spoilers, what did you think of it? It was different from what I thought it was going to be. How so? Without I, spoiling. Well, the original trailer that I had seen didn't have the big kind of moment that you were the, talking the, about the, the before. Event, yes, 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 the big event that you were talking about before. So I never saw that one. So I thought it was just a general sort of rom-com mishaps, slightly accident-prone guy falling for the big woman mm. that everyone, everyone wants to see in the spotlight. And it turns out he's only accident-prone in two occasions. Boy, are those accidents. <laughs> yes, yes, we're going to go into that because I'm pretty sure he should be dead within the first 90 seconds of this film happening. Yes. Yes, but we'll go into that. Um, my general impressions I really liked it. I really, really liked this film. I I was kind of gushing over it by the end because I was like, I, like I'm not massively into rom coms. Yes, we know that. But you're. Well, I'm well you know that. They I, don't know I'm, that. I'm working on you. <laughs> you're. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. Um, I, I generally generally don't like rom coms, and Seth Rogen is a is a actor who I kind of chop and change on. Sometimes I really like him, sometimes I don't. There's certain films that I need to still see of his. I've seen Knocked Up, which might be the close in certain portions might be the closest comedy film that matches this. Yeah, for the type of sort of humour for some of it. Yeah, but only for bits of it. And I actually think it freshens up, freshens up that way because by the end of Knocked Up, I was like, this is just the same kind of jokes over and over and over again. I like Knocked Up, but I like this one more. Yes. Well, I, I way prefer this one over Knocked yeah, Up. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know, it's funnier, it's sweeter, but at the same time it's yeah odd. Yeah, I would <laughs> say it's probably a better story overall. Yeah. Um, the one thing I think I really got to me is like a lot of the politics involved in it. Um, I really liked that. I really liked that. Well, at first you don't actually know who anybody is in terms of like who's a Democrat, or who's a Republican, but it does. Bec- it like literally, I was at one point about an hour and a half into the film, maybe a bit more. I was th- sitting and going, you know what's really interesting? They haven't actually said. Who is a Democrat and who's a Republican? You assume, I assume that Seth Rogen's character, um, who's called Fred Flarsky, um, I assume that he was a Democrat just by the way he talked. But the thing is, like I, he ultimately, even though he's a Democrat, he doesn't support um, wealthy businessmen of any type. Anyway, he's very much like workers' rights first person, very left wing leaning, yeah. but. After that hour and a half point, where I was, I was literally about to say, "This is so interesting." They haven't actually said who's who here, 
Anybody could be anything. They could literally could be a Republican candidate that um, Shelly Theron's playing. And then literally the next conversation with his best friend, he's just like, his friend's like, I'm this. And I was like, oh, whoops. Good thing I didn't say anything at the time. But now I'm admitting to it now. Um, oh, yeah. But I like the other points he brought into it as well, because they mentioned, like, women's working as well, and they brought that into the humour, but still standing up for how it's harder for a woman in politics and all this as well. So there's serious points in the hilarities. Yes, and I'm going to... I'll tease that my favourite bit of the film actually happened right at the very, 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 very end. Um, but we'll, oh, yeah, yeah. But we'll, but we'll get into that. I know which bit that is. Yes. Um, but yeah, general overview, I really liked it. I would say this is easily... I would I would pay to rent it. If, like, if we didn't get it for free in the way we did, I would have paid to rent this. Um, that sounds slightly suspicious in the way that we did. Uh, <laughs> well, we got a free voucher. Yeah, we yeah, got it. It was all legit and above board. Um, but, yeah. I think if I was paying for it, I would want it to be one of the cheaper rented ones. I wouldn't be doing, like, a premiere for it, I don't think. Uh, like the home premieres. I did well, like I it. But I, I don't know. I, I, don't know. I, I liked it enough I might have done it. I might not. Well, if I paid the money, I might not have felt bad about doing it. Yeah, so you, I defi- wouldn't... you definitely liked it more than me, but I did enjoy it. Yes, I think that's it. Um, so you're... Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it. So now on to spoilers. Um, I think we can't really cover much more of the film without actually spoiling the plot and some of the jokes here. Yeah, and going into a lot more detail. Yeah. Given too much away. Yes. So, to open with... Um, you, you actually start at a white power right-wing uh, meeting inside this dark room, and then, like, you're kind of wondering, what, like, who's in here? Because, like, it's a, it's a man giving this really empowered speech about... with a lot of hate speech in it. With the, the flag behind him. The, the Confederate flag. Confederate flag, yes. Yes. Yeah, you thought it was a Nazi flag at first. Well, so I, like, knew, no. I knew it was associated to some sort of it, Nazi it, it, racist it, sort of thing. I just can't remember what it was. Yeah, it's got... It can have negative connotations, yeah. Yes. But it's got a lot of negative connotations when the guy at the front sitting there going, um, basically giving... Um, a Hitler salute. A Hitler salute, <laughs> yes. Um, I think the term is actually a Roman salute when people don't want to make it sound so bad. But uh, I don't know. In that context and the way they were doing oh, it, it was I, definitely yeah. a bad salute. Yeah. But anyway, it, the camera pans around and Seth Rogen's sitting in the middle of them, acting really sheepish and going like, yep, yeah, I... Uh, I hate those Jews as well. Yep, yep, totally. And like giving like a sort of flimsy little hand wave. Yeah, a flimsy little hand flick every time they're trying yeah. to do the salute. And it's, it's mentioned that he's a new member, and um, but he's so he's so obviously not interested in it. Yeah. Um, and you wonder, like first I, at first I was wondering why he was there, but like it makes it very clear. You see his phone, and he hits the record button. So he's like some sort of yeah. undercover mission. Yeah, so he clearly he's he's undercover. I didn't think he was a journalist at first, but that's what that's what you find out. But um, there's a point which comes up later in the film anyway, where he he was playing um, he he was palling around with some of the guys in there when somebody just shouts, "Hey, you've always wanted a swastika tattoo. You want to get one now?" And he's like, "Ah, well, no, nah, it looks a bit sore." But now he, uh, he folds, he has to take, get one. But also, when you're looking at him, everyone else shows theirs, and there's one guy with just a three-pronged one. Oh, yeah, you said yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, it looks like a little, like a wee, 
ninja throwing star thing. It doesn't look. Yes, it's not lost Oscar at all. Yeah. yeah, but he's still like, "This is mine." Yeah. So anyway, he's he's getting it. Um, he's getting the tattoo, and then somebody says, "Like, hey, you're not. You're, you're Fred Flarsky." And then he, the, the guy says, "You're an effing Jew," or something, something to that ilk. Yes. Right? Uh-huh. Um, and he's like, "No, no, I'm not." And he's trying to deny it, but he's totally been hoodwinked. Like so, somebody got a picture of him. Yeah, all while getting tattooed. All while getting tattooed. Yeah. Um, you don't see what happens with the tattoo, but uh, he jumps up. He's got his phone. They're trying to get his phone off him. And this is the thing we were alluding to earlier, where like there's some there's some injuries that happen in this film. Where, yeah. like, he totally should have been dead within the first few minutes of this film. They do shoot it really well, to be fair. It, shot it really... looks so painful. Well, yeah, because like, I'm pretty sure me and you both went, Oh! When it happened. Yeah. Um, essentially, he sees a Confederate... Fl- there's a window where there's a Confederate flag, but the, it's actually an open window with a Confederate flag just sitting over. And he's, like... He sort of Superman runs at the, the window and jumps. Yeah, no hesitation, just drops straight out the window. Yes, and it turns out he's like three floors up. Now, yeah. if he landed on his legs or on his side or like some sort of rolling animation, I could maybe understand that he's able to walk away from it, maybe with a bit of bumped and scraped. But no, he lands full tilt with like his upper torso onto a, a four by four. Yeah, and then bounces off yep. and like properly does a wee roll and everything. Yeah, and and he smashed onto the ground in what should be pieces. He should be like have a caved in chest. And no, he stands up. Well, he he glances at his phone first, then stands up and goes, "Yes, I totally escaped and held onto my phone." And then kind of limps off. Yeah, he limps off, flips the flips them out the window, and says, "To hell with you, bastards or whatever." Um, he says something like that, but yeah, he, to- he totally gets what he needs. Um, he then goes back to his workplace. Where you find out he his workplace are small paper. Yeah, against all the big corporation places. Yeah, so he he's an undercover journalist who basically tries to get um, stories against like big corporations or things that uh, people really should know more about. Yeah. Um, and he's very quickly invited into his boss's office where he's told that um, they're being bought out by Wembley Media. Someone he's actually written a story on outing as covering something up or yeah, there was some sort. Of, something, I can't remember yeah, what there, it was. there was a big, uh, there was a big cover up story with them, and um, his boss is trying to trying to make it sound good. He says like, "Oh, we've been bought out by Wembley Media, isn't this what we always wanted?" And he's like, "No, this is exactly what we made this paper for and fought against for many years." And he's like, "Well, they're upstairs finalizing it now. It's over." And he's like, "We're we're going to need to get rid of two thirds of staff, but we want to keep you on." But you have to tone it down because he's very outspoken and. Yes, he's got good morals. I think every single every single title of his articles has a swear word in it. When you eventually see them in the film, so it's not it's not (laughs) yeah. yeah. (laughs) Every article is explicit. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Yeah, every article is explicit, and he he's like obviously he's going a bit forward, but he does write very vulgar jokes at first for. Um, Charlie yes. Theron's character. Uh-huh. Um, but anyway, yeah, so he refuses. He basically says, I'm going to quit my job. Yes. Um, because he cannot he cannot stomach being with him. Um, and you see him walking into his flat. His flat is pretty, pretty messed up. He's obviously not earning a lot of money. Um, 
and he's basically phoning everywhere trying to get a job. Yeah. But nowhere is hiring, or no one wants to hire him, I guess, because he's so outspoken. And he's such a... He's such a, a pot star, basically. Yeah, liability, probably. <laughs> yeah. But then he phones his friend, because he's sad. He phones a friend who... Um, his friend's name is Lance in the film. I can't remember. I just know him as his friend. Yeah, well, one of the best characters in the film. Possibly the best character. No, not the best. Pa- well, not the best. Not the best, but he was up there. He, he, um, he's one of the top ones. Yeah, he's one of the top ones. Um, and he... Uh, Basically, his friend says, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna like whenever we're sad, we would come to each other and we basically get wasted, make ourselves feel better." Which so, he announces to his entire office because he's like the corner office guy in charge of the whole floor or something. Yeah, he works for some other paper, but for whatever reason, can he hire him? He doesn't hire him. Does I don't he? know if he's in charge of a paper. It never specifies what he does. It's just he's the guy in the corner office. Oh yeah, that's it. Aye. and he just comes out of the office and says, "Everyone, this is my friend." I'm going to take the rest of the day off. I know you guys support me, and I need to support my friend at this time, or we're going to go get fucked up. And in fact, everyone in here, take the day off! Apart from Bagel Guy. Apart from the Bagel Guy, because he steals too many bagels. Yes. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> His punishment is he has to finish working. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, uh, that's where he gets invited to the Boys to Men concert. Which yeah. turns out it's not really a concert so much as like a... It's more of a swanky party that yeah. they get the band to play at. Yes. Um, so they go there and that's where Charlie Saron's character, whose name is... Um, Charlotte Field. Charlotte Field. That's it. Well done. Mm-hmm. Well remembered. Um, Charlotte Field is there and she is... She's with her aides and she's pretending to act. She needed to act prim and proper because I think you see her earlier in the like at the beginning I of the film. I forgot about this moment with the chicken. That's I love that bit. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, her aides basically. She's really hungry and every she says everything in this place has got skewer uh, is food on skewers and she can't eat food with skewers on it very because well. it's not it's not elegant. So if someone gets a picture when she's eating it, it'll. Yeah undo all her voter points or whatever yeah yeah well like if, if something gets out it will be a bit of a negative look yeah and um she ducks down behind her aids while she gets like a bit of chicken on a skewer and i've got to admit if i ate chicken on a skewer like that you'd think there was something wrong with me because it's almost like she's about to like stuff it all in her mouth but then doesn't and it's like it's kind of weird yeah it was like a twist and flick <laughs> yes much Munch. like her wave <laughs> with the elbow <laughs> yeah um but yeah, uh, that gets stopped quickly when uh, it's the pre- it's the prime minister of Canada. Canada shows up, and there's there's hints that they might have been or might be romantically involved a bit, or that people want them to be together because it's it, more like they hint that the public would rather they be together, so they're trying to push her towards them for yeah. the votes. And at first, he seems okay. At least he seems like a. Like, nothing seems wrong with him at first, anyway. He seems like quite yeah, a prim and proper guy. You know, would be fine for her if she liked him. All suited and booted and proper to be beside her. Yes. Um, but anyway, that, this is when... I think this is when I blacked out and just forgot this little year. Well, this bit, I think it's more for the contrast. So she, she's standing next to Canada guy, all suited and booted, looking all fancy. And then Rogan comes in in the colourful tracksuit. 
making the very impression that he is opposites to what the whole party is. Oh yeah, he's, he's yeah. he stands out like a sore thumb. Yeah, and then when the Canada guy he goes off, he gets a phone call, urgent, he has to go away, and then they meet across the room, eyes lock, and he runs outside to the balcony with his friend coming in, going like, "What are you doing?" And then you tune back in. Yes, that's when I tuned back in. Yeah. I don't know what I was doing. I don't know if I was on my phone or whatever. But then enter one of the best characters. Uh Oh, yes. It is him. I forgot it was him. Uh-huh. But you only find this out later. His name's M. Yeah. Agent M. Agent M comes in. Which he does actually have a name. It's Stephen, isn't it? Well, we didn't know it. Yeah, you find this out much later. later. Much, yeah, much later. But his name's Stephen. It is right? Stephen, yeah. Stephen is the best character in the film. And he's only on screen for maybe five minutes. And has like two lines. Yes, yes, but he is fabulous. He is fabulous, yes. He's everything that character needed to be. He adds to every scene that he is in. Exactly. Mm. In more ways than one, because he's quite a big guy. Well, yes. Yes. But anyway, he um, uh, he basically says, the Secretary of, the Secretary of State wants to see you. Which makes him panic. Yes, because he, he knows her. He realises immediately he's known her her whole life. He hasn't and forgotten he about her. And he explained the whole story to his friend as well on the balcony. Yes, um, basically saying that that is... Uh, I used to know her, man, or I know her. His first crush. Yeah, like yeah. slightly embarrassing yeah. moment. Yeah, but so anyway, Agent Agent M comes out and says, Secretary State wants to speak to you, so they go up. And it, it looks like, at first it might be looking quite bad. Lance is asked to stand back with Agent M. But he's like bigging him up, going, "Go on, go on, speak to her, you know, charm her." Maybe he's suggesting that um, he still likes her and stuff. And you know. Lance is already very much for the romance before they even know there's going to be a romance. Yes, Lance. Lance seems like a proper friend. I yeah. think that's why I liked him so much. Wingman supreme. Yeah, like <laughs> the best wingman. Um, but uh, yeah, so they start talking, and you get to hear that there's a bit of backstory. You find out that they did know each other. That's when you first find that out. Anyway. Yeah. Um, that's when uh, Mr. Wembley Man comes in. Who? Um, He's the guy that owns the paper, that bought his paper. Yes, but the woman, I've forgotten her name, Charlotte. Charlotte, yes. Main woman. Um, so she doesn't like him. No, it's obvious that she doesn't like him, but she tolerates him because he's obviously but a very wealthy and very powerful man. Yes. Um, but he comes across... I don't think he comes across quite as a creep yet, but he's, there's a certain that tone there. I don't know, he does kind of come across a wee bit. Well, not as much as he does eventually. No, eventually it's more creepy, but you can kind of get the sense that he is going to be the creep. Yeah, he's as close to a villain as this film gets. Yes. Um, he, he would be similar to anyone that owns a paper in the modern world, I would think. You know, he's dressed in a very fancy tux, and he talks down to... Seth Rogen's character, Fred, talks down to him. Basically, says, "Oh, don't worry, you'll you'll get a job soon." Even though he owns a paper, he and doesn't even think to offer well, him a place. Well, it's not just that he is the owner of the paper who he quit from. Yes. And was said, "We want to keep you," so he didn't even know this guy. He didn't know that this was their lead writer or like one of their biggest like undercover journalists, and it just completely went. Nah, don't know you. Well, that's Throw, toss you off to yeah. the side. But um. Anyway, he walks away, and they continue their conversation. They give a hug. Uh, they, uh, Charlie's and uh, Seth Rogen, they hug. And it's kind of awkward at first. He's like, oh, I didn't realise you had to back... Uh, your, your dress had your back out. 
um, as he touches her, and he's all awkward, and then they leave. Oh, but she's all fine with it. Yeah, she, yeah she's, she's all cool with it. Anyway, he leaves, but as he's walking by, he sees Mr. Wembley Man, and he want, and he basically he wants to say his piece. You can see it in his face. Yeah, well, he's angry. And, and then he, Lance's face as he realises and tries to stop him. Yeah, but he doesn't stop him. And he gives him a dressing down. It's not very thorough. He's, it ends up only being like 15 seconds long, but he basically says that he's the worst thing that happened to this world. Loudly, for the rest to see. Yes, and it's all a big scene. But then he f- finishes off with a crescendo where he just falls flat down the stairs. In another moment that looks very, very painful. Yeah, it wouldn't kill you like the first one we think would. There would have been a lot more blood than they showed, though. Did they show blood? No, no. He basically... Did he not get a bloody nose? No, I think he's, he gets up, polishes himself off and walks away. He basically says that... I, I mean, later on he says, no, no, it looked bad, but I'm pretty... I think it was just my cap um, broke my fall. It did look like he landed on his face, though, from a flight of stairs. Yeah, uh, that's the stuntman that did that. Fair play to him. If there was no CGI involved, he just fell flat on his face. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine he would have a bloody nose. Um, yes, potentially. Um, anyway, that's when she she's in the car with her aides after that, and they're talking about the incident. They've got the, they're, they're watching the fallback from somebody's filmed it, right? And I got this is when I first got the feeling that she actually does like him. He, she remember well, obviously they they spoke and they remembers who he is, and I got the feeling that she liked him then. But I don't know if that's how the film should be portrayed. So I got the feeling she liked him back on the balcony because she immediately remembered his name. She couldn't place who he was, but she knew she knew him. But the minute he said like his first name, she was like, I remember you and I used to do this. So she remembered him exactly. Yeah. So I, I, that's when that starts to turn for me. Right. Well, uh, you watch way more of these kinds of films than me, so maybe you're just, you're like, oh yeah, there's, there's the pickup, there's the pickup, there's the pickup, there's the pickup. And you're just like... Yeah. Well, you got it quite quick because then the car. Yeah. Anyway, they, uh, she basically says that she wants to... Uh, well, she reads Fred Flarsky's work. Mm-hmm. Her aide had prepared other writers to... Help with her humour. Help with her humour, because that was her lowest score. And she was thinking that if she basically gets ahead in that, then she's got a really strong chance of getting the uh, presidential nomination yes. for a party. Because earlier it's... Well... In the next scene, she basically asks Fred to come to her to speak about a business proposal. And a business proposal turns out to be she wants to hire him. Um, are we assuming... Did, did you think it was because of his body of work and she found him funny that she wanted him? Or do you think it was more the relationship and she was trying to do both? I don't know. It's definitely due to work, but she wouldn't have even looked him up if there wasn't some sort of interest. Yeah. She would have just gone off his all right and then gone on to her normal stuff. But yeah, because I suppose like I suppose she could have liked him, read his work, and went, "I really don't like that." But I think uh, I then, think the fall and the fact that he managed to get up and walk off and kind of laugh off a fall like that kind of it it, it stuck in her head. Yeah, yeah. So she uh, he has to sign an NDA, and the NDA basically is talking, forcing him not to speak about what she reveals, which is that the president who well the president isn't going to be running for a second nomination. It turns out that he is, like, in this universe, the, the president is an actor who got the presidency and now f- wants to make the more prestigious move from president to go from TV to films. Yeah. So that kind of sums up the sort of president in this film. Yes. There's actually a great bit later on where she comes in and he's like, 
he he's like being very dramatic. He's saying like, "Can't I? I just can't win. Everything's going wrong for me." And she's like, "Is this a bad time, Mister President?" And then he says, "No, no, I'm just preparing lines." Yeah, he's focused very much on something that will get more prestige than the presidency. Yes. Um, but yeah, the uh, in the president's proposal, he's he's like, "No, I don't want to do it." Because he thinks that what happens with these, what happens with these sorts of things and these campaigns is that uh, you might have a great idea, which is her environmental initiative. Yes, she's always been interested in environment since she was babysitting him. Yes. So she's got our whole big plan to save the planet. Yeah, which is the bees, the trees, and the seas. Yes. Or some other variation of those three. She had a more technical name, but everyone else called it that. To yeah. Sum up. Yeah. Um. And he basically says that these always get contorted or changed or chopped or just completely uh, chucked. And he's basically saying he wants guarantees that if he comes on that that wouldn't happen. And uh, she sort of makes him, well, makes him believe in her. Yes, so obviously he signs on. He signs on, yeah. And then that's when they they start going around the world to different countries for uh, uh, to promote her environmental um yeah, and get more, more countries on board. She needed two to begin with, and then she wanted to get additional ones. Yeah, it went up to 100. Yeah. So they, like, you don't see them all, but they end up going to like all like many, many different nations getting uh, rounding up support for this bill. But it also shows them kind of getting closer, so he's asking her more questions so he can write better for her personality rather than his own personality. Yeah, because he, he first comes in and he's like, he, he's, written, he's written a joke, and she's like, I don't want to be sounding as aggressive as this. Um, and the the, aggress- the aggressive joke was something like uh, the planet's getting fucked in the ass. Yes. <laughs> so he knows to rein it in, but in order to do it a bit better, he then gets yeah, to know her better. Yeah, he asks her all these questions and finds out that she doesn't watch telly or listen to music or anything. So he then helps her. Yeah. With yeah. all this, so obviously it looks like they're just having loads and loads of dates together. Yeah. Oh, one thing we need to bring up: the aides, uh, the, uh, the ma- She's got two aides. Um, the woman uh, and the guy. Miss Field, Miss Field's characters, two aides. The woman and the guy. The man doesn't have a lot to say during the film, although he does have quite a funny bit. But the woman is totally against it. She's basically. She outright hates Rogan. Yeah, she outright hates Fred. Yeah. Uh, hates him. Doesn't think he should be on board. Um, and throughout this, is basically talking him down. When you get to the first summit, was it? It was in Sweden. Yes. Yeah, he's still dressed in his like bright, oh, luminous yeah. coloured, um, bright That's fluorescent it. pink and teal. Uh, pink, teal, and blue. Pink, teal, and blue, uh, jacket. And he basically is asked, "Have you got anything else?" And uh, the woman aide, uh, who does come across as mean at bits. Um, yeah. She. She dresses him, and she dresses him in a traditional Swedish outfit, which makes him look like uh, it makes him look like he's out of a storybook or something like that. To be honest, yes, definitely. <laughs> like that could be a guard for a castle in the Frozen universe. Potentially, you know, there's that, velvet that... and flowers and yellow and yes, and, and, and there's a bit where and... just take off your jacket will be better, and he takes off the jacket and it's got. That's the thrilly... Yeah, it's got like a tiered sleeve on it. Like yeah, tiered thrills. sleeve on his top. 
And it's like, oh god, this looks even worse. So he puts it back on. Um, and then she said, well, that'll teach you to bring a suit next time. Um, but yeah, at that, at that conference, you start seeing, like, the plan has to be changed because, like, they come out and say, India won't agree to the deal. We have to remove the seas part from the speech. Yeah, but she does. Does she, though? I thought the, they had an argument. And she basically said, this better be a good speech, and goes back in and just performs the speech as it is. Well, potentially, but that's why there's the big argument, because she said she's going to remove it. Yeah, yeah. And because she said she's going to remove it, then they all kick up a big fuss, and he says it's ridiculous that she's cutting down on what she believes in and all this. Yeah, yeah. But um, ultimately, she says that if you do this again, I'm going to kick you off the team. Um, I but think he... she says she's going to throw him in prison or something, is she not? I don't... She says there's a threat. It's not even... I thought I thought the threat was I'll just kick I'll kick you to the curb basically. I'll just get rid of you. Uh, I thought she said there was something else, or is it if you talk to me like that again, she was going to do you, something. You can't throw, throw someone in prison. I think for it was more like a joke. I don't think it was like I'll actually do it. But well, anyway, he he ends up not rewriting the speech. Yes, we know that much. He continues with the speech as it was. Um, the speech turns out to go down really, really well. The jokes in it. Although they were much more humble than his initial jokes, they go down really well with the, the more upper crust socialite crowd that they're in. Yeah. Um, and then they, uh, then you next see them just going to different places and they're still getting to know each other better. There's a scene where like they've like what she I think she says uh, what's your favorite sexual position at one point? Well, it's trying to see how embarrassed he gets. That's it. Yes. Yeah. She's, he's saying that she doesn't really get embarrassed, or she does get embarrassed, when she fires it back in him and then says that to embarrass him and he gets all flustered and can't answer. Yeah, and he's just like, you know, normal, straightforward, looking at each other position, that one. Um, and she asks it back and she says, don't be so rude. Yeah. Um, but then it, flat, it goes back to the aides, and the the, the the man aide says to the woman aide, um, what's your favourite? She just goes... It would be too difficult to explain. Which I thought quite funny, actually. Well, yeah, but it just sums her up. Yes, it does, actually. Um, but anyway, anyway, we get to the event. The The thing that the thing that I said, isn't that, didn't that happen in Australia? And you were like, nah, didn't happen. Um, and that is that they're in... I remember it happening, I just don't remember the gunfire. No, no, but the, the day before when we watched the trailer... Uh, we watched it, and then before the film, like while we were watching, oh the film, yeah, I was like, yeah, I and remember something. Happened. Like, isn't there a disaster or something like that? That uh, essentially, there we can't remember exactly where it was. Cartagena. I think it was Cartagena, but I'm not sure. Yeah, it might be Cartagena. Anyway, the the they're in a place where a missile hits the building while in the middle of a date watching a film. Oh, it's not a date. It just well. seems like a date. <laughs> But it's not a date. It's not like one has asked the other and they're not romantically involved no, at all at this they're point. they're catching up on shows that she should be watching. So they're watching one of the Marvel ones. Yes, they're watching a Marvel film, yes. Because she calls him Pirate Guy. Or oh, Samuel yeah. Samuel Jackson's yeah. Pirate Guy, yes. Oh, remember. Um, and they, uh, a missile hits the building and it turns out the insurrectionists, um, I think that's what they, come, they turn around and say. I don't think they say variables. I'm pretty sure they say there's an insurrection happening. And they, Agent M comes into the room. Good old M. Good old M. Yep. Goes. Like, oh no, it's not him. It's not M because it's, it's not M. It's not M because of the uh, Anyway, so 
as an, an agent comes in the room, basically says, Secretary of State, you need to come with us. And you can, you can hear gunfire. And guns, uh, bullets start firing into I just the, thought that was explosions in the No, there's, there's a big explosion, but then there's gunfire, and it kills that guy. He falls down dead. No, it doesn't. That agent dies. No, he doesn't. Yes, he does, because then they go down further into the corridor, and they meet two more people who get... The building falls onto them. Bits of building fall onto them, like the roof. That's the same guy. You sure? As they come out, they're following this guy. He goes up forwards and meets another woman and says, come this way. And they're first. And then they go to the corner and then the ceiling collapses on them. And then the two of them realise there's a panic. And then it goes on to the funny moment when you yes. think they'll have to like run in terror, but no, they pick one up each yes. and run with and, them. And Miss um, Fields has got the, the, guy. the guy, the heavier guy, over her shoulders on a fireman's lift. And then behind her is... Rogan doing some sort of tentacle pickup. Ro- Ro- Rogan has got the hold of one leg of this woman and is running forward with her dangling down below him. And all I can think of that must hurt her so much when she wakes up. You imagine that on your leg. Yeah, yeah, that would hurt. Better that, though, than being left crushed under rock. Well, that's true. Um, the pain. <laughs> but yeah, that's the scene where the... The emotions are running high. She's using a breathing technique to calm her down. She tells him what to do, but he's like, they're both like emotionally, they're both like really, they're really highly strung at this point because they, they're like, we totally almost died. Um, and then that's when they kiss. Yeah. That's when they give into their. So that's a romantic starting. Yes, that's a romance starting. Um, and then... we go into the really funny bit. So they get, uh, they get helicoptered out of there. Yes. You get a little out of there to a safe location, which is like a tropical island of some kind, yeah, a tropical a big beach area. Hotel. Yeah, and she's she immediately says, uh, "Fred, can you, sp- Fred, can you please come and speak to me in the, uh, in my room? You need to work on this. You need to work on the speech immediately. Code name. Code name. Yes, and it turns out that's when they're they first get it on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it lasts all of three seconds, maybe. Maybe, if we're lucky. Three seconds. It. It's really funny because she turns around and says, um, uh, she's like, oh my god, I don't, think I've, I don't think I've ever finished that fast before. Is that, is that what she says? I usually last longer. I usually last longer. And he says, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> um, but uh, that's where we went starting. And usually at this point, this is where you might get the montage of jumping between different areas, but they don't. They just kind of speed it up so you know that time is going and they're doing different things together. Yeah, so the next area they go to, this is after he's, he's spoken to his friend Lance on the phone, he said what's happened. And he's like, uh, oh, you know, how do I not mess this up? They basically says, I've got, uh, we're going to this fancy party tonight. Um, what do I do? How do I not mess this up? This might be a date. And uh, he's like, look, just play it cool. Just get a nice suit. And you do see him. And you said he actually looks really nice. He does. All primmed up, all prim and proper in that suit. Suited and booted. Yep. But anyway, there. It's not a date though. It's a corporate. Well, it's not a corporate event, but it's an event where they it's need to go. It's a working with, event. It's a she's, working she's event. She's got yeah. to mingle. Yeah, she's got to mingle, and he's meant to also help with that. But this is when the aide catches on and realizes that something's happening. Yes, and she starts to warn him against anything happening. Yeah, because she basically says that if something does happen, ultimately 
they can't be together. They're two different people, and she's going. For, she'll be going for the presidency, so he'll just get his heart broken. Yeah, and basically he'll hinder her points. So she'll um, field will need to decide that if she wants the points or the person. So she would obviously go for the points if she's going for president. Yes, um, Canada Prime Minister re shows up here. Yes, for the big dance. Yep, and they have a dance number. It's actually quite a quite a well choreographed dance. But again, it's the same. So he's in the the public dancing when everyone can watch them dancing. Yes. And then Rogan manages to get her squirreled away for a private dance that they can have for their romance. Yeah, moment. that goes against what you said. Well, it does it does go against it? It's a uh, it's the opposite of what you said earlier, where like the match eyes across the dance floor, and rather than run away, they actually were like. Nodding like, go to this door here. Well, now he knows that he doesn't need to be so embarrassed. Yes. He was embarrassed before he ran for it. Yes. Um, Agent M blocks the door. But Agent M already knows that they're, they've got a thing going. Yeah. Because in the tropical island earlier, there's a point where Seth Rogen goes out onto the beach and he's looking out into the, the sand and the early morning sunrise. And there's M. And lurking. he just turns around and M's there and he's got his... He's in his full working suit still, but he's got his trousers pulled up to his knees, and he's got his bare feet out. <laughs> and Seth Rogen jumps and goes, oh, I didn't know you were there. I'm like, it's all right. And he says, you won't tell anybody about this, will you? And he's like, they wouldn't believe me even if I did. And he's like, thanks, man. Um, anyway, M is guarding the door as, uh, as they have a romantic dance to uh, It Must Have Been Love. Which is also summing up what the aide said. It's like, it's not going to last. Yeah, because it it was an odd song to choose, though, because it must have been love, but now it's over now. That's the lyric of the, the, the chorus. So that always would be the point of the... That would Usually you see that in the films at the point where it's not working out. You know, or where the romance yeah, is failing. Yeah, the traumatic moment with the tears and all that. Yeah, so it was an odd. Just... It was an, It's a great song, but it was just an odd choice to put it there. I thought, anyway. Well, it was, um, through one woman, she gives a look as if she kind of knows. Yeah, she does. There's like a moment of realization where it's like this couldn't be. This could. This might not last. But then she hugs him tighter, as if like, no, yeah, I'm not, like, I'm not doing it. She doesn't it. want to give him up. Yeah. Um. Anyway, the the then it does kind of go into a montage where like it sort of bounces between uh, scenes on the plane where they're getting they're getting to know each other better, scenes where they're sort of scurrying away uh, to find private areas for themselves, and uh, other uh, other nations where they're like she's introducing and being the secretary of state. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it's at one point during this that the president wants to speak to her again. Well, before this, we'll also mention that the fact that she wants a night off, and they go to a club. So this is a whole big I, section of it. Oh yeah, so I, yeah, I hadn't. I'd just forgotten to include that here, but that is actually a big thing. Yeah, she's getting really overworked. Yeah, she's overworked. She's stressed. They're trying to make her lose more things from her environment. So she, she decides that um, she needs a night off. They go out to a club, just her and Rogan. Yeah, they're in Paris. And they decide to get high. Yes, she says, I want you to let me smoke Molly. Yes. Uh, and he, he, and he, point, he points out that Molly isn't something you smoke. Um, but then once they're all nice and high and crazy going in the club, um, is it M that comes and gets her? 
Yes, and then that's when she goes, Stephen, I love you. Yeah, so we find it ends actually, Stephen, at this moment. Um, yeah, it ends actually, Stephen, and uh, basically says, it whispers to her that they have a situation. And the situation turns out to be. Um, a foreign nation is holding uh, a US spy whose spy plane crashed in the country or blew up in the country, blew up over the country, and he survived. And she needs to negotiate him out of there. Yeah, because they want to hold him prisoner. Yeah, and I've got to say, this is the only, this is the point. This was the one point of the film where I didn't kind of like it. No, I didn't. I didn't really like this section. It was it was kind of funny, but it just seemed a bit. To me, this is where like this was a Seth Rogen film, or this was a film that any of the sort of modern day shock comedy people might have had, like just like. Not that I don't like scenes where people are high or anything like that, but... It was just out of character. It was completely out of context. It felt really out of character. Yeah. Um, literally, if they hadn't... If they just stuck in the, say, they got arrested, and then... Or, like, if that if a video was released, because we thought they were going to be seen. And or then, even if they just got out and had, like, a night of drinking, and she just got too drunk, and there was maybe, like, a, a dicey photo or something. Like yeah, that so, way. yeah, something like that. Or a photo of them two together, and then that yeah. could have been what drove the plot. But yeah, anyway, she uh, she has to negotiate the prisoner's release whilst high, um, which I suppose in concept is quite funny. Um, and the way the way they resolve it is she she's trying the proper diplomatic approach where she's got the general next to her, and he's basically saying, "Be aggressive, don't give in to his demands," and she's like, "I'm just not in an aggressive mood right now. Can I not just chill?" Um, so she hides in a corner. She hides in a corner, on takes a cigarette on the phone with this guy privately, and she basically says, "Let me level with you. We we both want, but like, we both want this, and we both don't like the president. Let's face it." Yeah. And the guy's like, "Yeah, no, he's a, I don't like him either." And she actually gets with him on that level, and then they negotiate the release. And then, after all is said and done, everything's worked out fine. Um, she's still. High as she's giving a uh, an interview, interview to the press trailer. afterwards, and she basically says that she, uh, she says something untoward about the president in that. Well, the president had phoned her and said to get rid of her environmental thing that she was doing, and then she basically says on on live telly that the president's all for it. Yes, that was it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. And then when she says it's all, he's all for it. She needs. Uh, that's when she is invited back to his office to speak to him. Yes. And it enters not just him, uh, not just the president, but then enters Mr. Wembley again. Yes. Slightly this, more creepy this time, though. Yes, much more menacing. Um, so the scene plays out that uh, essentially they need her to alter her environmental agreement because they need uh, land in Alaska to build something on it. Yeah, they want the expansion properties of. Yeah, they want to expand their property on in Alaska, but the tree section of her deal uh, basically needs to be modified to allow this to happen. And what they say is that if she doesn't do it, um, they will release a video of Fred, and it's a video of Fred um, on his computer, basically talking about uh, Miss Field. And saying, well, like, do you want to come and have sex in the in our room? So linking them two together. And then showing that they're on the plane and it's fast-forwarded through the whole plane. 
and then it shows him masturbating. Yes, but it's also important to say this wasn't a release video, this was them hacking into his webcam. Yes, So it's all yes. very private moments. Yeah, yeah, so it's, a, it's, it's hacked leaked footage. And yes. he basically says that if you don't do this, we're going to release this video. Um, he... This is when, like, like Mr. Wembley is, like, full-on filming mode. And yeah. He's not... He's... Well, the president doesn't seem to really care. He's only miffed that she used the telly against him. Yes, because he says, that's my realm! Yeah. And so use it against me! She stole what's his and used it against him. So he doesn't actually care about her agreement or the blackmail or anything. He just is upset that she used telly against him. Yes. So... Again, uh, we can just kind of put the president to the side because he's not that important in this story. Yeah. But then um, she seems to go with it. She agrees to it. She agrees that she'll remove or alter parts of the trees, part of her deal, so that they get what they want and the, the video doesn't get released. But in a way, this is kind of her showing how much Rogan means to her in the film. Yeah, yeah, because I actually thought that she would have just went back and went, I need to get rid of you. You're too much of a liability here. But no, she goes to him and says, I took the deal. I want to be with you. But he basically says that... He, he tells her that he can't accept her not accepting... Well, she has to accept the deal, but is also saying that she would then redo his image. So basically she's going to try and change him. So she wants to be with him, but she knows she can't be with him how he is. Yes, and they don't know how long it would take to change his image. Yeah. But he can't stand the fact that she gave up on her beliefs. Yeah, he also says he doesn't want to live in a he doesn't want to live in a relationship where he's still having to hide and not be public. Yeah, or not be who he is when he eventually gets to be public. Yes, yeah, because he's quite um, he's not very he's not a very socialite guy. You know, he certainly you certainly wouldn't imagine him being like a member of the family that runs a country. At least not one of the heads of the state. Um, but yeah, he basically says, I can't do this. And she then leaves, heartbroken. And continues her campaign. Without. But he realises his mistake. Well, not at first. He goes to his friend. Well, his fr oh yes, his friend. He goes to his friend. And this is where his friend really comes into his own. Because his friend... Um, this is where this is where this is the moment of the film where I was like, you know, this is kind of cool. They still haven't mentioned uh, uh, political parties here. Yes. <laughs> this is the point where they still hadn't mentioned. I was about to say, this is so cool. They haven't done this yet. And then, um, smack in the head, uh, he just goes, uh, "I hate those Republicans," or something similar to that. That's what Seth Rogen's character says. And then Lance turns around and says. I am a Republican. I'm a member of the GOP. Um, and Seth Rogen is flummoxed at first. He's like, thrown, thrown for a loop. How can you be? After all, we've talked about stuff. And what he basically says in this, what he basically gets shown in this scene is that he needs to see it from different perspectives. So he needs to be able to turn around to Miss Field and see the situation through her eyes. What she's trying to do to get them together. Yeah, the effort that she's trying to do. Yeah, the effort... I still don't agree with trying to change someone. Like, I get that he needs to change for the role, but to say that you completely redo someone's image... Yeah, but, I mean, that's just... 
It's the same that, in other rom-coms. It's like, if you need to change them completely, I don't know if it's going to work. Yeah. I get that, but I can I can see why... I can see why it would be done for a presidential campaign, because... You, you know, the... So you can't... I wouldn't expect... Well... What am I trying to say? I wouldn't I expect. Really a, I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect that anybody in America could just be the president. No, it's all what they can. Display. Yeah, it's it's what your it's it's your upbringing, your experiences, and how you present yourself are, is quite a big part of it, as well. Um, but anyway, he uh, he realizes his mistake, and calls her. Where she pretends to be the answer machine. She, she pretends to be the answer machine. And does a little beep. Because yes. she's too busy eating ice cream. Yes, uh, she's clearly upset. And he gives a very heart-breaking conversation down the phone where he basically says, I want to be with you. I'm willing to do it. I'm going to try. But at this point, it's too late. She's already realised that it shouldn't work. Yeah. Even if it could, she she knows that it shouldn't. She even says, so in the next scene, she's speaking to her aide, and she tells her aide that he's phoned. Um, and said he would do it. And the aide who had just literally said, I'm sorry about Fred. And then this gets explained to her. Uh, she then says, okay, I'll make the arrangements to try and, like, I'll start the process for Fred to, like, come back on board. And uh, Miss Field just turns around and says, no, don't do it. It can't be done. It's too late. And, um, yeah, so they go off and make arrangements uh, for her presidential run. She's now going to, she's basically the, the priming up the proper speech that he wrote or wrote part of to say that she's now running for the presidential campaign. Yes, and quitting her current job to run for the yeah, president. and it's it's shown in it's shown in different uh, it's shown throughout the film in different images that the, there's news broadcasts and stuff that are pro- promoting her, and they they show it from four different points of view. Three of them are always very pro. Um, they've always very much like um, Miss Secretary of State Miss Field. Uh, um, really promoted her environmental deal well and everything's going great but it always the last one the fourth one which I think is meant to be analogous to Fox News is always like really? a woman doing all this? really? it's very sexist and then just describing her appearance rather than what she's actually doing yeah yeah like she sure wore a good dress didn't she and then like nodding and winking to the camera all the while whilst there's a woman on the seat and the woman is downplaying everything it's just like well yep that's all we're good for stuff like that um but anyway, she. Uh, this is when she finally announces to the world that she's going to run for president. Yes. And she gets to. She gets to a point in the film. Sorry, not in the film. She gets to a point in the speech where you think she's going to carry on normally. Well, she's talking about her. Is her 16 year old self looking up at her now and what she'd feel? Yes. And there's a moment where she, she hesitates. And we both guessed the word. What she was going to say. Yeah, which yours was more accurate anyway. Mine was bang on. Not more accurate. Bang that, on. Well, correct compared to wrong is more accurate. Well, that's true. <laughs> but I, um, I guess she was going to be disappointed if her 16-year-old self Yeah, I said disgusted, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the speech probably went something more like, uh, I would be enthralled by where I am now or something like that. Some like really positive word. Yes. And then she realises during the speech that this is all wrong. She says disappointed, um, describes the whole thing, and then brings up that she can't hide Fred. And she brings him into the spotlight, and she says, 
um, as soon as I as soon as I say this, um, there's gonna be a video released of my man, uh, well, essentially my man, or a man who was involved in my campaign, jerking off, which every single one of you do. She points at the crowd. Yes. Um, and basically says, "Don't slut shame me. This is something everything everyone does, and I want to be with this man." And then. It's like the the whole film sort of explodes because like you go to Mr. Wembley who's watching this live and then he's really angry going, "You release the video now, 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 now!" and slams the phone down. But the fact that he actually released the video will just call to attention the fact that he is the bad guy because she's named him, said this will happen, it happens, so they know it was him. Possibly, yeah, but they don't ever retrieve that part of information. No, but it's implied that you know the world's gonna know he is the bad guy in the end. Yeah. Seth Rogen's in a bar while this is happening. He's watching it, and um, him and his him and his friend Lance uh, they start running across town to get to the place where they where she is doing this. But she's already left at this point. She's been rushed, ushered out of the car, and somebody shouts, "It's the guy! It's the guy from the video!" And they chase him down. But he gets in a car and he runs away, and they drive away. Yeah. And it turns out they've been looking for each other all. Well, he's been looking for her all day, but can't find her comes back to his place, which you've only seen from one, what, twice in the film now. Comes back in, and she's sitting there. Somehow broken in. Yeah, they never really explained that word. No, <laughs> Maybe no. she's a, a master at picking the locks or something. I'm, maybe her age just busted the door down. I don't know. Anyway, she's in there. Skeleton key. <laughs> well, she is the secretary of state. There you go. If somebody's going to have it, it's going to be her. But anyway, yeah, that uh, they uh, that's when um, they basically have the sort of romantic get together again, and they agree, you know, that he basically says, "I was watching, was watching the speech," you know, and uh, I think the the whole thing's broken up though before anything else happens with Lance on the the sort of the intercom to the flat. Yeah, same. He basically says, "There's people out here to speak to you both." And so they go out as each other as a couple. And there's this great moment where Lance starts to cheer for Miss Field. Yeah. And he's like, I started that cheer. And it seems like it's really positive that even though like it's quite a derogatory, not a derogatory video, but it's quite a negative video in public light, or should be, it's actually taken relatively positively. Just, but it, just, would, it would never happen in real life. There would be a humongous backlash. No, I suppose that's only just showing how popular she is. Yes. Um... But uh, it flashes forward at this point, um, and it shows you her uh, uh, putting her hand on the Bible, accepting the presidency, where she's being sworn into office. Um, I also like the fact that they've grown her hair out at that point, so you know that time has passed. The hair length is always the giveaway. I, I hadn't even, even noticed that. They always do that in films. The woman's hair, you can tell. Yes. She has short hair, now she's got shoulder length hair, there's been some the, time. The wig between. is longer. Yes. Yes. I don't even know if it is a wig, actually, but the hair's longer anyway. Um, but the end of the video is... Um, the end of the video is... Fred's, but not Fred Flarsky anymore. Fred Field. Talking to the camera as the first... First mister. The first mister. Yeah. The first mister of the house. And he's going through talking about the portraits of the... Yeah, show, showing all the prim and proper portraits of all the first ladies. Yes, and then there's his portrait, which 
I found incredibly funny. It's definitely laugh out loud moment. Yeah, it, he, the portrait is of him looking like he's in a war cartoon, holding the American flag in his right hand behind him, and is it an eagle? An eagle. An eagle perched on his left hand. And it's, he's, it's almost like Die Hardy the way he's doing it. Yes, it's very action film esque. Yes. It's very action film esque. Um, and it, it was just a very very funny moment. The film, however, ends on uh, my actual favourite point of the film, which is the news broadcast. The, the the one which I think is meant to be Fox News. Which I completely forgot about. You completely forgot about this, yeah. Um, I did two, like it, though. Yes. The two, the two men who are the horrible, sexist, abusive-sounding men... Yeah. Um, they basically said, should... Uh, it, it, it kind of goes, should a woman have the power of the, have her finger on the button, especially at that time of the month? Well, that's an actual genuine question that's been brought up in the news and stuff. It's like, should someone actually be allowed to have that power? Yeah, but I suppose the other other things have... Uh, the, the obvious counter-question to that is how many women have started wars? Well, that, that's a fair argument, isn't it? Yes, uh, and it's very, very few. But I mean, the the film is very much a po- the film is very positive about women in politics. I do like that though. Oh, it's there's, great. There's it, a lot of bits that they put out. It's just like even with like Rogan's character, the the way he reacts to someone saying it's like, "Oh, women have it this way," and he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, they do." He doesn't like dispute it in any way. He's just like, "Yes, they have it this way." Yes. Um, and uh, yeah, so the the Fox News guys they're basically saying. As we were saying, the Fox News guys are being very, very vulgar, very sexist. And the woman anchor, you see her, is just like looking around the studio and she just goes, I quit. And she walks off and one of the guys says, it must be her time of the month. And then, is it a teacup? Ah, oh, she was holding a mug. She was holding a mug and she and the, the last scene is just the, the mug getting bounced off one of their heads as it goes to the credits of the film. And the guy at the other one just kind of like, cut, cut, cut. Yes. Uh, and... That's my favourite part of the film, is just when those two desserts. get... Their, yeah, just desserts. Um, the film... As I said, I really, I really got taken by the film. As the credits were rolling, we were talking about it. And we noticed the music of the credits rolling by was quite unusual. It wasn't a bad song, It's just it just seems a bit out of place, but it kind of worked. It was just weird. Yeah, you said it was something that would be at the end of a Cary Grant film. Yeah, talking about like going back to like a sort of fifties film, not for what we just watched. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, but yeah, that's it. Uh, I think uh, I think we've rambled on long enough about this. Probably yes. Yeah. We have gone covered every single scene almost of this film. No, well, no, I'm, well, yeah, we've almost taken as long to describe the film as half the film. Yes. Um, Which did show that we do like it. If we're yes. willing to talk about it this long. Yes, and I suppose if you've made, managed to make it this far, we do thank you very, very much. Um, if we do more of these as we get better, we'll hopefully either be sharper uh, and describing things faster or, you know, be a bit more entertaining throughout. Yes, definitely. <laughs> yes. Not quite as rambly yes. as maybe this well, the, one has the been. The rambliness might be part, part of the charm, but rambliness is also a bit where like you can go, uh, ooh, uh, ooh, uh, ooh, uh. And it could be lost in translation a bit. That's true. Yeah. So anyway, thank you for listening. Um, I have been Turnip. And I have been Sasquatch. 
Um, please follow us if you like us. There will be more coming out, I think. Um, we'll hopefully get these out weekly, but we don't know, though. And, uh, yeah. Stay tuned for other ones. And we'll see you next episode. Yep. Thank you. And onwards. Mm.